Welcome to our podcast, Doing It Right. This podcast reveals authentic stories from successful leaders doing it right. It's about their journey to become a leader, their choices, motivations, and lessons. In essence, how they built successful personal brands. Your host is Valerie Sokolowski, author of eight leadership books and nationally known as an authority on executive presence and personal branding. Let's get started. Here's Valerie. Oh my gosh. Well, today I have someone really special on the show. I have known William Aruda for, oh my gosh, let's see. Um, I'm going to say 18, 19 years. And he is absolutely the guru in personal branding. What's so interesting about William is how he started this business in just one topic. Because how many of us, when we start a business as an entrepreneur, we kind of think, well, maybe we should offer this and we should offer that and we should offer all these things. And from the very beginning, what you're going to hear from William in just a minute is the fact that no, he was so clear on the fact that he was going to do one thing and he has still only been doing one thing and he's known worldwide. So let me just tell you a little bit more about him in terms of his credentials as an author too. William has authored and co-authored three books, have them all of course. One of them is Career Distinction, that was the very first. And then he wrote one called Ditch, Dare, Do. Isn't that a great title, Ditch, Dare, Do. And his current and last one is Digital You, and it's all personal branding. So let me welcome the guru of personal branding, William Aruda. Oh, Valerie, you are too kind. I have to say probably the best introduction I've ever received. Uh, so very impressive. Thank you. Well, it's all true. I'm only talking true. William, I have just given so much thought knowing you as well as I do about how to start this podcast and, and how to cover everything that I want to in 30 minutes. I think I want to start from the beginning of what we talked about. Where were you in your career and when, when you got this spark of an idea that I'm going to do something else? Tell us that story. Yeah, well, you know, um, so I tell everyone this story, and it, it's it's really it's one of those major moments that changes your life forever. And I, because I had a job that I loved, I was working in corporate branding. I loved the people I worked with. I loved the company. I would I would look forward to going to work on Monday morning. Um, it was that fun. Um, but one day I, I was working, doing my branding, working with my team, and. I saw on my assistant's desk uh, a copy of Fast Company, which was one of my favorite magazines. And the cover story was by Tom Peters, a brand called You. And I thought, wow, that's interesting. And so I picked up the magazine. I instantly read the article. It was all about how in the future, to be successful, each of us will need to think of ourselves as a brand. And that was it. I, I, I read it and I just couldn't get the idea out of my head. And I said, I am going to start the first ever personal branding company. And that was it. That was it. Now, I don't know anyone. I don't know anyone that would do something that audacious. <laughs> what happened <laughs> when you walked in and said, I assume you said, I'm quitting? Yeah, well, you know what? So here's the interesting thing, but I will tell you, you call it audacious. My parents called it crazy. Um, uh, many people I talked to thought it was absolutely ridiculous. 
Um, and, and I will tell you, so there was a little bit of time from the time I said, I'm going to start my first ever personal branding company to when it actually happened. Because the next week, my manager came into my office and said, hey, they're looking for someone to run branding in Europe. How do you feel about moving to Europe? And so I was thinking, hmm, start my own company, move to Europe, start my own company, move to Europe. And I chose move to Europe. So I had this little stint in between where personal branding was just kind of talking to me. But I was living in London and in Paris. And eventually, I actually quit my job in Paris and started my personal branding company there. In Paris. Yeah, which was really not a smart move. Uh, you know, if you think of all the dumb things to do, uh, starting a business in a topic that nobody knows anything about and then starting it in Paris um, in, in a place where, where people have a really weird relationship with work, um, two not so brilliant ideas that somehow turned out okay in the end. All right, so take us from you're in Paris, you decided you're going to do this uh, innocuous thing called personal branding. No one knows about it. How long did it take you to, as an entrepreneur, monetize and make some money in what you decided was your passion for the rest of your life? Yeah, I, I will tell you honestly, it took years. Um, I literally, I, I sold my stock, I sold, I cleaned out my bank accounts, I went into debt um, in building the, first of all, because I, I had to build the product and the content, um, which took a lot of time. And second, I had to get people interested in this topic that they didn't, they weren't really sure they needed, right? And, and I will tell you the, the big pivot um, or the pivotal moment uh, was in 2003 when LinkedIn launched. And that launched and individuals started to realize, you know, maybe I do need to have some kind of visibility, have some kind of renown for my career. This isn't just for senior executives and CEOs. Maybe I do need to build a brand. And, and it was there that where it really started to take off. And I'd say it was probably until 2006, which is five years after I started, even after I met you before it was really just, you know, moving 100 miles an hour. So just to uh, fill the audience in on how I met you, I had been in business for many years and my niche had all of all of the leadership development ocean topics. What brought me was always professional image. Now it's called presence. And I went to a conference and some speaker was talking about personal branding. And I'm like you, I couldn't let it go. You know those times for the audience when you are hearing something or seeing something and you just can't get it out of your heart. Those are those times when there's a little message there and I knew it was a message and I wasn't going to let it go. So I began searching for a guru and that's how I found you, William. You know, I, I didn't know that. And I will tell you, um, the, the closest connection to personal branding is executive presence and that, that element of leadership um, where it, it's, it's, it's really about being able to influence others. It's about getting other people to follow you. And so everything you do in the world of presence is integrated, right? Th those, those important elements are part of personal branding, which is why I think it was so easy for you to become a, a personal branding expert yourself because you had so much history and expertise to bring to it. Thank you for that. It was also you who connected the dots for me then during those years, you said, you know, you're the only one I know that sees the connection between image, 
presence, whatever you want to call it, the external part, how you communicate, how you show up. Presence is so much more than what you wear. It's how you show up in everything you do. So that's what people observe, right? And then what you brought and do bring is that internal part of, but, but the who and the why and the how and all of that. So both of us are, are most grateful for that connection, I know. All right, so then you started uh, the company. I mean, you'd started the company. What made you decide to do it by training programs? Yeah, well, you know, I, I will tell you my biggest challenge when I start. So I started, by the way, when I started, I thought I was going to have the first personal branding company, but I didn't. I had the fifth. There were four other people doing it. Um, but because there was no business in personal branding, the other four people left. And they went and did something that actually earned them a living. And, and so I was left by myself. And so selfishly, I will tell you, you know, everyone thinks, oh, gosh, you know, built this successful business, must have this real entrepreneurial mind. I, I will tell you, I followed my heart most of the time. And my heart was telling me that I was lonely, um, that I didn't have colleagues. I didn't have um, people to interact with and bounce ideas off of. And that's that's who I am. So. Um, that's why I started the certification program to certify coaches to use personal branding so that essentially I could have colleagues and people to hang out with and people who would speak my language. And so um, so that was great because it did two things. Number one, it really helped fulfill that that human need that I had. And, and number two, it spread the message. So by having the certification program and now we've had more than a thousand people in that program. Um, those thousand people touch dozens of people each or hundreds if they're doing uh, workshops or even thousands. So it could really spread the message of personal branding and, and that extra byproduct of having this team of people helping to, and not only the message, but our message, what, what connects us all, which is really about authenticity and differentiation and being compelling to your target audience and giving and listening all of the things that really bring us together in, in our philosophy around personal branding, um, having that community of people all over the world was just, um, it, it was probably the smartest move I ever made by accident. <laughs> Isn't that part of being an entrepreneur? And on that note, I had asked you, as I always do ask the guests, you know, what are those lessons learned? And one of them that you shared with me, I call them, William, your teachable points of view, because we both know it leaders aren't teaching others from their experience, then they're not leading really like they should. And you said at the time, you said, pay one of them, and we're going to put all of them up there that I mentioned today. One of them was pay attention to uh, what's around you. And that's what you did. You paid attention and had that nudge from the article with Tom Peters. The other one uh, that I want you to talk about, you mentioned, you said, don't shoot for fame shoot for selected fame. Talk to us about that. Yeah, you know, personal branding, one of the biggest misconceptions about personal branding when I would talk to people about it is people thought personal branding is about being famous. And it's not. It's about being selectively famous. And the reason this is so powerful is because um, you just need to know who are the people that you need to influence so that you can be successful. And to everyone else in the whole world, you can live in total obscurity. But to that community, you need to be visible, available, and valuable. And that's what selective fame is, right? It, it's knowing who are the people that I'm looking to, to support, to help, to whatever it is that I'm doing. 
And, and then how do I reach that community of people? And to everyone else, you don't have to spend one second of time trying to, to influence them. And I think it's, it's freedom when you realize that. If you start to identify that brand community, um, then it's really easy for you to say, okay, how can I be visible, available, and valuable to this community? What do I need to do? And let me do it. That's so clear. It's also interesting that through the now, I think, 15 years that I've been doing the work also, how many times in a speaking engagement, as an example, someone will come up to me and say, oh, thank you for those tips. Now I can go home and do it. <laughs> a little more than that, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, so tell us, you know, go ahead. You know, I, I think one of, the, one of the challenges that we all have is, is um, it's, it's about turning learning into action, right? Um, we, we have the best intention and we might go see someone speak and we're inspired by them and we're, you know, we're walking off the floor a few inches when we leave. Um, but the problem is if, if we don't do something as a result of it, it really just becomes information or an experience and doesn't have any kind of lasting impact. Uh, but when you can take something and then apply it, learn from that application, refine it, and turn it into a habit, what happens is it actually transforms you as a person. And so, uh, and, and this is one of my challenges with, with companies that are doing learning. A lot of times they stop at the, we've taught you a skill. And that's great. It's great to have a skill. And sometimes that's all you need. If you're learning how to do an Excel spreadsheet, having that skill is great. But for a lot of the human elements, for a lot of leadership development, the kind of work that you do, uh, personal branding, relationship building, sales, all of those things have a human element. And you really need to transform that individual um, into the, the person, the best person that they can be and around that skill. And, and that transformation process is rare. And it's all about turning learning into action. Well, and thank you for that. And you said it so well in terms of uh, something else you shared, which is just we succeed because of who we are, not despite who we are. I loved that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know what? Um, personal branding is really about, um, I tell people it's diversity down to the level of the individual where every person in the world has a unique ingredient to offer and they have to be willing to offer it. Yet we live in a world where conformity is the word, right? We're taught from a very young age, this is how you behave in school and your coach teaches you, this is how you're gonna behave on the field and um, professors tell you, you have to behave this way and your parents, when you're eating at our table, you sit and behave this way. And so we're, we're taught that conformity is the key to success. And absolutely do we need to conform to business norms and there are certain things that we, we absolutely have to do. But really the rest of it, where our success lies, is in our ability to deliver our unique value, right? To work our quirks, to, 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 to show our secret sauce, however you want to say it. But when you do that, that ingredient is only available from you. You're making a contribution to whatever that is that you're working on that's not available from anyone else. And it makes whatever that is more interesting, more valuable, more compelling. And that's, that's the key. And that's what personal branding is about, right? It's about authenticity. And it's about differentiating yourself from everyone else who does what you do. And you know, William, that's not easy for people to come up with. It certainly wasn't for me. I tell people when I'm uh, doing the speaking engagements on branding uh, and we discuss things like, what is your 
Some people call it mission statement. We call it what is your personal brand statement? What is that one thing that at three in the morning you can wake up and say, this is who I am, this is what I do, this is how I do it, and this is what difference it makes. <laughs> and it took me a year, a year, really, to come up with that clarity. So that's that's not easy. I want to ask you about you now, just as a person. William, what are, let's just go to values. We know how important and we start with the values when we're working with clients and uncovering their uniqueness and all of that. And so how do you, what are your values? Number one, some of them. And, and more importantly, not just telling us what they are, but how do you factor them in? to the business decisions and personal decisions that you make? How do you live them? Yeah, I'm so glad you asked that. I, I will tell you, I, my, my top three values are optimism. Um, I am, a, you know, the glass full kind of guy. Um, and it's really, you know, I cannot hang around with Doug or Debbie Downer because it just spirals me out of control. I need to be around positivity. Um, the second one is uh, encouragement. I, I have always been, I'm the CEO of, of Reach, my company, the chief encouragement officer. Um, I, there are so many people who have so much potential and want to do so many great things, but there's something holding them back. And, and I feel like it's my job to encourage them to do it. And, and the third one is empathy. And uh, it's something I think is really missing in this world, but really just to understand other people, right? We're, we're all different. We don't necessarily take the time to understand what happens. We instantly react when things happen, when who knows what's going on uh, with that person that may have, you know, upset you. So I, I think empathy is really important. Those are the three that I focus on. I try with all of the people I work with and the people who work for me, I, I, I try to stick to those, right? Um, because I know they can do it. So I'm going to encourage them to do whatever the job is. And, and I really want to understand them. And, and that means spending time with them and getting to build you know, the heart relationship, not the mind relationship. I know how smart they are and what they can do, but it, it's it's about connecting with them on a deeper, more emotional level. Yeah, that's uh, that's taking it from here down to here and really owning the wonderfulness of who you are. I think that's one of the most impactful things for me in an outcome of working with clients. So, William, here's another question that <laughs> I've never asked you. What are your trigger points? What are those things that bug you? Mm. Um, well, I will tell you. So, so one of the things that bugs me is the, a lack of empathy. So when people, like even little things, people don't hold the door for you. Um, that's not acknowledging that you're in the world with other people. Like little things like that make me crazy. Um, they really do, and, and they shouldn't, uh, but, but uh, if somebody is really behaving in a disrespectful, disrespectful way to someone else, um, instantly I, I, I get this kind of negative energy in me. So I would say that's probably um, the biggest trigger point. The, the second trigger point is, is, is people who are no people. They start out with no, and then eventually you can get to yes, but you have to, it, it's a big negotiation to get there. Um, I always start out with yes. And by the way, sometimes too much and other people can convince me that maybe no is the right answer and that's totally fine. But, but you know, if, if you start out kind of like this, not going to happen, never going to work, um, it's a hard place to, to 
bounce back from or, or move to, to a good place from. So um, I, I would say probably negativity, lack of empathy, which is interesting, right? Because our trigger points are usually the opposite of our values or when somebody's violating our values, right? Mm -hmm. Interesting. That's a good way of putting it. And that leads me to question you, your target audience has been corporate um, corporations, large corporations, all kinds of companies and organizations. When you have dealt with as many of us as entrepreneurs do, clients who are coming from that prove me or well, this won't work or well, I don't want to do it that way. I've even had clients say, well, would you change that part? No, <laughs> but when you're dealing with someone that's difficult with your positivity and encouragement and empathy, how do you deal with them? Yeah, it's a good point. And, and those people come up all the time for whatever reason. Number one, I, I, I want to get behind what, what is that negativity? Is, it, is, is there some kind of, I don't believe I can do it. I don't believe this is valuable. Um, I'm not really interested in it. Someone's forcing me to be here, right? And so if we can get to the root of why, why someone's taking that, that kind of negative stance, um, then we can, we can solve it. And by the way, if the answer is someone's making me be here and I really am not interested in this and I don't want to do it, then I'm not going to force them to do it, right? That, that's, I, I, I want to engage with people who really want to learn, to grow, to be better at whoever they are and whatever they do. And if, they're, if, if that's not what they're interested in, then I'll move it aside. But the other thing that I do with people to help them figure that out is we talk about the benefits of, of here, here are what the outcomes are for different people. Which of those is appealing to you, right? And you ask an open-ended question like that, and they'll say, well, you know, um, I like the idea of confidence, or I like the idea of being more self-aware, or I'd much rather be more purpose-driven and directed in what I do. And then we have a path we can go down, right? And when you give people a menu, this is what I've learned. And um, I have friends who have kids and they say, never ask your kid what they want for breakfast. Always say, would you like the pancakes or the waffles? Because then you, you, they still feel like they're having a choice, but that's all you're going to make them. They're, you're not going to make one of 50 things for them. And I think it's the same thing with people. I'll give them a menu. Here are the things you can get, you know, which, which is appealing to you. And then we can go down that path. That is so simple. And what a better way to talk about sales because you're not selling, you're offering opportunities for improvement. And yeah. I don't know about the sales training that's going on now, but I would hope that at least the parts that I do, that it's, it's transformed. It's not thinking about, I've got to sell somebody something. Even in coaching, William, and talking with uh, new coaches in particular, they're all about how do I market my services? How do I sell my services? And so there's that switch, isn't there? I'm so glad you say, can I tell you, I don't sell ever. I don't want anyone to buy what I have to offer unless they're so jumping down, up and down thrilled to have it. Uh, literally, there are enough clients in, in the world to, who want what you have to offer the last thing I want to do is twist someone's arm to buy something for me. I want them to feel like what they're getting is unbelievably valuable, worth way more than they're paying for it, and that they're the person who's making the decisions to buy it. And so I never, ever sell. 
I tell people, Here, here's what I do, here's my stuff. They can, they can get my excitement and enthusiasm, and here's what you could potentially do with it. And then I let them make the decision. And if they're not interested, I, I, I so respect that. I'm like, okay, this isn't right for you, or it's not right for you right now, or it's not right for your team or your people or your company. Great, fine, let's not waste time. Um, but if you found any of it valuable, here's some free stuff to help you do that. And I, and I, have, I have found that the more you just give, Right. And, and by the way, that's where you were talking about sales and marketing, right? Co marketing has moved from we don't tell people about our products. We don't tell people about fun functionality and features and benefits. We just give people value related to our product. And if they're interested, then they might come purchase our product, right? Content marketing. And so I spend my days thinking, what kind of value can I deliver? I, as you know, Valerie, I write five columns, uh, five articles a month for Forbes. Uh, for my column and er at the end of every one I write, I ask myself, will this be valuable to my target audience? And and sometimes it's not. Sometimes I look at it and I'm like, what's new here? Or, you know, what's the twist on this that has value? Or is this more about, you know, what I do than about them? And if that's the case, then I just scrap that article or, or refine it and, and move on. And I think with that approach, I never feel like I'm selling, which is great because I hate the idea of selling. I'm glad you mentioned the Forbes before I got to. Um, so how long have you been writing for Forbes? Tell us about that. They're all really good. And, and before you tell us about that, paying you a compliment as a writer, you can take some subject that's pretty simple, but you always find a twist to it, something unique. Um, how do you do that? And tell us about the Forbes articles. Well, it's nice of you to say, and uh, yeah, so I've been writing for Forbes from, I'm on my sixth year. I've written almost 600 articles for them. So it's, um, yeah, as, as you say, it, it's hard coming up with new, valuable, interesting content for things that haven't been said, even said by me, right? Because as you, you started this conversation with pretty much telling the world I'm a one trick pony, which is I am, personal branding is my thing, right? So anything that fits in there is, that's all I talk about. So. Um, yeah, you, you know, my thing is, I, I once heard, you know, Faith Popcorn is um, yes. she, she, a futurist, right? And, and once uh, she was speaking, uh, it was in San Francisco, it was at, at the, uh, the Ritz-Carlton in San Francisco. And this was maybe, this was when I was still in the corporate world, so 20 years ago, and, or, or maybe 25 years ago. And she said, you know, you want to be a futurist, here's what you need to do. Most people walk around all day and they have weird things that happen. And they like, and they think, hmm, that's weird, throw it away. And she said, when you're a futurist, you walk around all day and you say, that's weird, store it. And over time, there are patterns from these things that you store. Mm -hmm. and, and that is a trend essentially. And, and that's how she says she does her, her futurism. And, and she's really brilliant at it. And she's absolutely amazing. And I realized that I do that. Like, I think, oh, that's odd. And, and I store it. And, and then somehow, miraculously, without any work of mine, all this stuff comes together and poof, I have something I want to talk about. And that's pretty much how it works. It's almost magic. You know, that's a great magic tip for all of us. <laughs> to be yeah. so, it goes back to being so much more aware. 
William, so what are you doing now? I know we've talked about you do training programs. You are on uh, the speakers, gosh, tour all over the world. In fact, I think it's funny. You told me one time, oh, if I could just quit traveling. And now you're saying, oh, if I could just get back on the airplane. <laughs> but what are you doing now? What's, what's William Aruda's next important thing that you're going to give to the world? Well, um, I'm glad you asked. And I, and I do. You know what? I thought I hated travel. I just hate little elements of travel. But I love nothing more than going to a room with a thousand people and talking about personal branding and then connecting with them after, after the keynote. Um, and we know that that business is waning, right? There are fewer and fewer events. It's expensive to bring people to one location. And so the, the new modality for learning is video. And, and we all know this, Gen Ys and Gen Zs prefer to learn by video than any other uh, means. We know that video is accessible now. It's easy to, it's easy to access. Um, so uh, I started a new company with an amazing woman named Overstuhl, whom you know, um, who's an executive coach in New York. And we've combined her executive coaching and my personal branding. And we came up with a company called Career Blast TV. And it is nothing more than the personal branding stuff that you know well, Valerie, delivered in bite-sized video content in a transformative way so that people who work inside companies can figure out what makes them great and use it uh, to be more successful individually and to deliver greater value to their company. So that's the project. It's, it's, uh, we are days away uh, from launching. So it's a really exciting moment. And, um, and, and it really is, it's, it's the new thing you need to be thinking about is how does your stuff translate to video? And that's part of you being the futurist you are in what you do. And again, the best in what you do. And after all these years still being recognized, those five people, William, that you said were all into personal branding at the beginning, what I know is, and you do too, none of them are there anymore. In fact, they kind of went away pretty early on and you just took over. There's nobody, there's no one in the world that is doing the amount of work, the quality of the work, that you are still doing so don't you ever stop oh that that's so nice of you to say <laughs> Valerie. anytime i need a pep talk i'm just going to call you up and <laughs> and have you say incredibly nice things because you're so uh generous and warm and and um and, and thoughtful that's just your nature and i really appreciate it thank you well you know we're born with with positive when you're born with positivity and i am too that's I'm not going to give it up. I believe that whatever happens in this world, somehow, even the bad stuff, eventually something good will happen to it. And no one's going to change my mind on that. I've lived a few years and I've experienced it. So I know you feel the same way. William, in terms of more about you and all the things that you have available, all the resources for people listening and watching today, they can go to... And we're going to put it up, but share with us where we can find out more about you. Uh, um, obviously, williamaruda.com is a great place. My Forbes column, if you want to learn some things. And um, careerblast.tv is the new, the new project. I can't thank you enough for just really sharing all of the fun things about your career, all of the interesting ways that you have given some sage advice and the positivity that just, whoop, and just exudes right 
out of the uh, television screen or, or listening on the podcast. So William, thank you for being a guest and we've got many more years together continuing in this personal branding element. So I wish you all the very best. Thank you so very much. Oh, thank you, Valerie. It was so much fun. Thanks. Fun. More fun. Well, you know, um, we have talked today about one thing, personal branding, and that it's a real deep work. It really is. It's not just saying, as some people, just build my brand. No, it's deeper than that, and you've heard all about it. And if you want to know more about it from William and from me, you can go to my website also, which is shown on the screen, ValerieAndCompany.com. And you can also, um, I'm recommending that, I, uh, that you call me, email me. I want to talk to you. If you want to just have an exploratory call, I am happy to spend 15 or 30 minutes with you. And here's the link. You just go to this calendar and whatever works for you and for me on the calendar, let's explore how I can be of help to you in your future in really uncovering the wonderful brand that you are, you ink, as it has been said. And now, let's talk about Valerieism. My Valerieism today is this. Your success is nestled in your network. Your success is nestled in your network. Now, how do I know that? <laughs> because I have experienced the value of relationships. And so for many of you listening today or watching, I know that it's not comfortable to just get out there and attend maybe events or uh, get online and have to talk to a lot of people. How do you build relationships? For many of us, it's not that easy. But when you just think about it in terms of you have such value to give to someone else, your strengths, your knowledge, your availability to be a friend, your other network, people you know, your resources, your, your experiences in travel, your uniqueness, all the things we've really talked about, when you really own that and you're clear on those things about yourself, which is your brand, your authentic brand, then recognize that, oh, goodness, is going to find that value in me if I just go out and whatever you want to call networking, I'm going to change that. Build relationships. Build relationships with the people that matter, the people that are going to be helpful to you in your career, in your life. Like William said uh, on the podcast, it's not about being famous. It's about being selectively famous. Who are the people you want to be around? Who are the people that give you energy? You go out and offer them the wonderfulness of you. And that's going to be a win-win. And so take this Valerieism, live it, try it. You'll see it works. Bye for now. Thanks for listening. To receive Valerie's voice, free monthly leadership tips, and to learn more about her leadership programs and coaching, visit her website, ValerieAndCompany.com. Next week, we'll be here again to inspire, engage, and equip you with teachable points of view from successful leaders who have been doing it right. Until then, lead authentically.